My name is Patrick. Today I'm here with Dan. We're going to talk about some ideas. We're going to talk about two ideas, the email updater and a plan your own funeral service. So, Dan, what can you tell us? Well, first, Mr. Patrick, how you doing? It's, uh, it's good to be here again. Love, love seeing your face. Um, yeah, look, today I'm going to talk about email updaters. And I, I think this is a problem that a lot of people have experienced. Um, look, it relates to when you're changing jobs. So I've been in a job, uh, I've moved into a different job, but within the same industry. I've subscribed to 50 different newsletters and, um, and different things that I had to put my email address into. When I change my job, it's up to me to then unsubscribe or just leave it and then resubscribe when I get to the new job. It is an absolute pain. So what if there was a service that automatically did that for you? I think on a business sense, so as opposed to personal um, you know, in terms of moving houses. I think this relates more to changing jobs, but yeah, taking everything you subscribe to and then effectively updating your, your email address with those subscription services with your new email address. But I think this, it, it's going to save, it's going to save heaps of time. It's going to save a lot of productivity. And there's about 1.3 million people who change jobs every year in Australia. Wow. You know, it's about 10% of the workforce. So you know, this, is, this is a big market. If, if we just estimated roughly that it takes 10 hours per person to, to do this in their old job, yeah. and let's say it's another I don't know, three hours to do it in their new job. Right, so we're talking 13 hours times the 1.5, 1.3 million people. You know, we're talking a market of uh, public maths here. We're talking a market of... 15, let's, let's call it 15 yep. million. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, 15 million hours, like it, it's, it's a huge amount of time. And then if we, if we went further and we said, look, the average, the average hourly rate is $50 per hour, you know, this is potentially a, what is it, $60 million opportunity. So I, I think this, this definitely is a huge market. I think some of the challenges you'll come up against is around the legal side. So can, can someone or can a business act on behalf of someone else in terms of um, changing or updating details? I'm not sure. I think there's also the technical challenge of how do you actually do this? You know, I think there probably is technology that can do it. And I think AI can probably help that even further. Um, you know, and then beyond that, there's, there's probably little technical things. Like if you're, if you subscribe to something that is internal to the business, so it's a training system, an intranet, something like that. How does the system recognize that that is something that doesn't need to be updated, that that will stay with that job versus transferring with you to another job? Well, I think from a, from a monetization standpoint, you know, you've got all these people changing jobs. I think from an advertising or targeted advertising, you can look at all those businesses, those products, those services that are relevant when you're changing the job. So it could be a new suit or a new dress for that. It could be that you need a car for this new job or a different car. I think there's lots of opportunity from a targeting advertising, targeted advertising standpoint. I think you probably want to keep it free for the users. I don't think this is, you know, I'm not sure whether it's a big enough pain point to actually pay for it. Yeah. Um, but I think on the other side, so those subscription businesses, basically what we're doing is we're saving them from losing a subscriber. So we're updating the details so they've got up-to-date information. But I don't know how many, maybe it's 30% of subscribers um, are invalid because they've, they've done exactly this. They've changed jobs, but they haven't updated their email address. So is there a fee? Is there, you know, five cents per subscriber saved? that we can get from these businesses. Again, I'm not sure how you would do that because they haven't s- signed up to this service. Um, I-, I think there is, a, there is a viable business model here. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I really like the idea. I think, I think that's... I've, I've, okay, first of all, I want to say that I've been that guy. I've changed jobs. I've, I've wanted to keep all my email subscriptions and my sort of stopgap solution was, okay, now in this new job, I'm going to start. Instead of subscribing with my work email, I subscribe with my personal email. It's a good point. 
So then I, I, I do that. So then I'm like, okay, I want to be subscribed to this newsletter forever, which I recently did with an AI newsletter, right? You know, AI is a big buzz thing at the moment. I was like, okay. Yep. I actually did both, you know. I did both because I wanted it to come in during work and I wanted it to come into my personal email as well. So that's interesting. And then uh, I just think, I think, yeah, good idea, but you're right about the operation. How would it work? I think you'd have to be sort of good at maybe enterprise sales because I'm not sure if it's sort of a SaaS model where you uh, are selling to the to the individual consumer paying a subscription to your point or if you need to sell it to the businesses and they sort of offer it as an internal sort of tool. But then that creates problems around, you know, maybe maybe bank cards, you know, who's paying for it? Is it Are these business subscriptions or are these? Yeah, I think that, that that's actually an interesting point. I mean, I've been thinking of, of it on an individual basis, so targeting I suppose employees as individuals, and then it's up to them to to kind of use this service. But you're right; there, there might be an enterprise sales model where this is almost part of the exit interview, where they offer this service to employees who are leaving the business. Um, mm-hmm. And it could be that you know you do have tiered models that the business pays for, um, which grants them a certain number of employees per year or a certain number of transactions per year. I think that's that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, I, I think yeah, definitely on the same page on that one. And that was all I had. For that idea, I guess my question to you then is who is the right person to execute this? Like, yeah, it's, it's a good question. But I think you'd probably need some, you either need some technical skill yourself and to be able to build this yourself. So obviously anyone with that technical background or that you're able to access that technical background. I, I don't think these days you know, that's necessarily a, a barrier. Um, probably B2B sales, you know, if you've been in that B2B environment, you know, given that this transition between jobs is, is probably more likely at the corporate level and subscriptions to newsletters, again, probably more likely at that corporate level. So I think having been in that B2B sales environment or that B2B environment, if you're in sales, because, you know, as to your point, if we're <laughs> selling to, to enterprises, having that B2B sales experience, I think, would help as well. Awesome. I totally agree. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the, uh, the next idea. So... The, I just want to take take you back, Dan. I want to take you back. You're, you're sitting around with the boys and you're having a few beers after right. work. <laughs> and somewhere you're all having a conversation and someone says, oh, like, I, I'd, love, I'd love for you guys to just, like, you know, have this specific drink at my funeral. Right, yeah. Right. But how can you make sure that that happens? So what I want to do is I want a plan your own funeral service. But it's a digital solution. So it's an online drag or drop sort of we provide some ideas but you can also enter in any unique or wild ideas that you want and what we do as a service is you make your crazy ideas for your funeral happen so so you want a a, a party planner for your funeral yeah (laughs) yeah but party planner for your funeral exactly so you know the traditional funeral service is usually focused on sort of the preferences and desires of, of the family you know the deceased person's loved ones as opposed to the person who passed away. But, what you know, through just living, you know, my life, I've always come across this conversation and everyone wants something different for their funeral. They're like, no, no, I want everyone to have a party. I don't want you to be sad. Or, you know, I want this to be at the pub or, you know, that sort of thing. But it never happens because no one's holding anyone accountable. So if we okay. look at it, there's about 168,000 uh, deaths in Australia or 100, yeah, roughly 168, 170,000 deaths in Australia. And that puts the industry of the whole funeral industry at 1.6 billion. Yeah, so that's big. That, that, that's a very big market. And you can imagine how that scales out into, you know, the US, the UK, EU, et cetera. And Asia, you know, who, who knows? This, this thing could be really big, right? It's a digital solution. It's scalable. Uh, the only, I think, you know, some interesting parts that would uh, sort of be a bit tricky are sort of the, the cultural and religious aspects of someone's, you know, part of a particular culture or 
culture or religion, they might have certain requirements around, you know, planning their funeral based on tradition or, or, or what's required. So those people, that would sort of cut out some of the market there, you know, you start segmenting. Uh, it's also, I think, quite easy to actually implement, especially if you partnered with an existing funeral, like funeral service and then you're more of the, the operational, you know, you have the front end uh, where people can plan online, but then you are just holding everyone accountable, sort of like a lawyer would, would, would hold, hold people accountable. I think it's a really good idea. It's already an established market, so I think people would invest time and money in planning their own funeral, I think. And uh, long term, I think it's a very great recession-proof idea. It is. People don't don't stop dying. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, people are always going to die, so, and people always want to be remembered, and people always want to remember the people. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a win-win sort of on, on that regard, you know, in the, in the nice, nicest possible I mean, it's, way. it's not a win for the person who's passed away. I mean, they'd probably rather be alive, but... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> correct. Agreed. I'm definitely in that boat. Yeah, so that, that's the idea. What, what do you think? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. It's probably not something that I've I've thought too much about. You know, hopefully I'm I'm still young enough that I don't have to think about it just yet. But probably my, my main thought here is, aren't you just describing what's in a will? So how, how is this different from a will? Because, you know, as I understand it, a will is basically executing what the what the person who's passing away is. It's executing what they want to happen, their wishes. So how, how, how is it different? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe under the hood you would be, would be a will, so a lawyer, so, you know, to, to create a will and maybe it would be built into the will. Uh, however, this is more of a different, this is a different value proposition on the, on the customer's end. So it's, it's, you know, it's a website, it's a landing page, it's, it's sort of more interactive, you can design, you know, your whole experience, like, like to your point, a party planner, which you mentioned earlier, yeah. you can design that online. You just gave me another idea, actually, party, party planning online, I'm not sure if that's anything, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you know, you plan it all online, and then you, you know anything you want, anything you want. So it opens up the mind of the person. But under the hood, you're right. We'll have to implement as a lawyer. You know, so yeah. that's a really good point. There. Yeah, I think. Yeah, look, I think it's good. There's there is probably there's a bunch of stuff you need to consider. Here. You know, for example, if if the person <clears throat> wants to be driven in a Ferrari hearse, which needs to be custom built, and it's going to cost a million dollars, who's going to pay for it? You know, so I think you know. While there is the last wishes of the person who's passed away, if their wishes are too extravagant, have you then actually executed? And and I think you know, part of what the, the service that happens is is probably that it happens within the means or within the the financial resources of the family who's who's kind of left behind. Um, so I think that would be one that you need to overcome. That's a good point. And yeah, so I forgot to mention. Yeah, so funerals are going to cost you know four to. Well, sometimes up upwards of twenty, thirty thousand dollars, right? But you know, around the four, four to twelve mark for your, your you know, your, your typical sort of uh, middle middle class worker. And I think, I mean, maybe I'm flipping it here, saying the that you pay for your own funeral up front. Yeah, or I mean, maybe it's a subscription type service, sure. um, you know, which you're paying, you know, twenty bucks a month or whatever it might be. You're paying off your funeral before it happens over time. Yeah. And if you change jobs, we can update your email address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, Look, I, I, I think this is an interesting one. And, you know, just, just on funerals, there's a couple of other ideas that I think are somewhat related. Sure. I, I saw years ago when QR codes started getting big, and this was big when it was in Asia, and this was kind of 10 years ago, um, not more recently with, with COVID, but is they would have QR codes on headstones, which you know, people could obviously go up and scan, and that would bring up almost like a little website with a video and pictures and other wow. information um, about that person. 
I think that's really interesting idea, and it's probably the the web portion of that. <clears throat> you know, when someone passes away, you think about social media. Someone has, let's call it a Facebook account. Um, they pass on. What happens to that account? Does it get shut down? You know, and I would imagine that probably over time, the sites or things that that person had access to would be shut down in those accounts. But is there a way that we can kind of create this perpetual or this permanent presence um, online, which celebrates the life of, of those people who have passed? So, you know, it is videos, it's pictures, it's texts, it's you know, other things um, that potentially could be, be part of this idea as well. Uh, that is amazing. That is blowing me away. I, I have not heard of that QR on the head scrolling thing. That's, I really like that idea. And... I kind of want one on my, my headstone now. <laughs> well, you've still got a little while yet too. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. And, you know, to add to what you're uh, saying around the, the presence online, that's, it must be a sort of blockchain solution for that, <clears throat> right? Uh, that, that can sort of, you know, make that permanent or make it permanently accessible. Yeah, and I actually, I thought of, I feel like I had a similar idea actually, like years ago now that's triggering me. Like an, an online graveyard. I think there is there <laughs> an is, online graveyard. Yeah, and I think there is one. I've looked it up. I've looked it up. There's there's one. You know, it's an online. Is this graveyard? The, the death of avatars, or it's... yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it could be. But it's just like it's actually registered to people, and it's an online graveyard. You know, that's on the internet forever. But now, and now I'm thinking, let's iterate on that and make it a VR graveyard. Doesn't need real estate. Everyone that just gets ashes and doesn't get a headstone because headstones can be expensive can get the cheaper option of the VR graveyard. I mean, even further, you know, if you're talking about this online graveyard and we're talking about, let's say that that also links with these ideas we've been talking about. So the video, the text, like basically the history of this person, that almost becomes a, a place where you can trace back and look at the history of other people's lives. I mean, I know that things like Ancestry.com and you think in physical world, museums and all those where they, they look at the, the history of, let's say, ordinary people, but there's lots of interesting things that have happened to those people. And so maybe this almost becomes a place where you can find this long history of, of just all these ordinary people in the online graveyard. And then it has all their stories. And I think I saw something the other day. Uh, this, is, this is just building, isn't it? I saw something the other day of... Uh, you know, people are doing this thing now where they're going, they're going to their you know elderly family members and getting them to you know record their story. Yeah, have you yeah. seen that? I've I've heard of that. There was a startup um, that I used to talk to. Uh, can't remember what it was called now, but they would actually do it via phone. So you know, an old pickup landline phone, and there would be a number that you would call, and then there'd be some voice prompts where you could basically to help with loneliness, but they would help. It sort of allow the person to basically record their story. And then other people using the service who wanted to listen to the story would dial a different um, a different number to then be able to listen back. So I think that input of the phone was an interesting concept. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, I think you know we're, we're almost out of time. So it'd be good to I think wrap up with this one and who who you think would be right to do this idea. Yeah, uh, I think if you, I think one if you, I've got two two people. So one if you already own a funeral service. If you're a funeral director and you own a funeral business, I think this is an easy adjacent opportunity for you to move into. And I'm not sure if they already if they already have that sort of will or if there's any regulation about that. I'm not I'm not sure. But apart from that, the other one would be the lawyer with the will. You could also expand out of that. So if you're a lawyer, you can start this online sort of platform to do that as well. Yeah, great. All right. Well, look, it's it's been good as always. Yeah, I, I love I love how we kind of bounce off and build on these ideas because I think that's where the best ideas come from. And Look, if, if anyone wants to follow up with us about these ideas, you know, hit us up. All right. We're out.